Hi, welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Alex Papas, Senior Pastor at Oceans Unite Christian Center. Well, good evening, everybody. It's great to see you all tonight in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. And um, amen. <laughs> it was a wonderful um, time that we had last night. I'm really glad it's over. <laughs> and uh, again, just want to thank all the volunteers and everybody that helped. So many people helped, like Naomi said. And uh, we just appreciate it so much. I don't even know how many people came through here last night. There was a lot. There was a lot. It was awesome. It was wonderful that we could do something like that for the community. And, um, you know, it's amazing how over the last few years I've heard people that come to these events and then they you know, ones that don't have churches and stuff like that, and they end up coming here eventually. It's wonderful. So we're very grateful for whatever the Lord does and the seeds that are sown, whatever part of the journey we are on in any individual's life, leading them closer to the Lord. Amen. Are you guys okay this evening? All right. It's gonna, we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen yet tonight. We'll find out. But I'm excited about it. So my message tonight is entitled, It's Time to Take Your Mountain. It's Time to Take Your Mountain. We're going to be going into a passage of Scripture that's very familiar, but I'm going to show you something that maybe you've never seen before. And it's a very famous story. In fact, I would say that out of all the characters in the Bible, probably I would say my top three has to be Joshua. Joshua is just an incredible character in Scripture. And uh, we're going to pick it up at Numbers 13, verse number 1. And we'll see where the Lord takes us this evening. But basically, the children of Israel are at the banks or the border at the Jordan. They're just across the Jordan is the promised land. And God wants them to go and take a look at the land. He wants them to possess the land that he has for them. So Moses prepares some spies from the different tribes of Israel. And if you read in verse number one, it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Spend, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. And so if you read further, you'll see all the individuals and from which tribe they were, that was sent to spy out this land. And so let's pick it up in verse 21. And it says in Numbers 13, verse 21, So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zion, as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Ramath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahimon, Seshai, and Talmai. And the descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. I want you to imagine this must have been quite a cluster of grapes for two of them to have to carry it between a pole. And they, brought, they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshkol, because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. 
And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they were gone for 40 days and experienced everything in this territory. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So they come back, and immediately as they arrive back, they say, Man, the place that you sent us, it's everything you said it would be. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever seen anywhere flowing with milk and honey? So basically what they're saying is that this territory, this place that God is going to give us is absolutely fruitful and beautiful. And the promise that he gave us is exactly the way that he said it would be, a land flowing with milk and honey. And the fruit that comes from that land is just absolutely spectacular. Grapes the size of, of tennis balls and pomegranates the size of watermelons and huge fruit and just an abundance and the fact of the matter is if you actually go to that territory you will find out that it's like that even today that some of the fruit and some of the nuts and things like that that grow in that area are just something spectacular and it's really strange because it's in the middle of the desert but if you go there that's what it looks like it's pretty amazing and the bible says so he they said this and and at the moment everything sounds really good but then all of a sudden they say this in verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The descendants of Anak are giants like Goliath, only nastier with longer hair and big teeth, really bad guys. The descendants of Anak were like absolutely ferocious. And so these guys were very fearful of the descendants of Anak, and they were very afraid of what they had to face. They saw this promised land, but immediately all they could see was that it would be very difficult. Sometimes when God gives us a promise, that's kind of how we feel. It's going to be difficult to take a hold of this inheritance, to take a hold of this promise. Or God will say, I'm going to take you somewhere and you think to yourself, how on earth am I going to get there? Or God will say, I'm going to give you the ability to overcome something. I'm going to give you the ability to walk through something, but it seems almost impossible. And so they begin to get negative. And the Bible says this in verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So up until this point, all that they said was negative. They spoke about what it looked like, that it looked beautiful. So in other words, what God said it would be, it was. Now let me tell you something about one of the things you need to know about God's promises. God will always paint this beautiful picture of what it will be like. And yes, it will be like that. But sometimes to get to the promise, He doesn't always tell you about the stuff you'll have to go through. And the reason why he doesn't do that is because if you know everything you'll have to go through, some of you won't do it. In fact, most of us won't do it now. They've heard about the promise. They've been waiting for the promise. They've gone to see the promise, but now they see the opposition. 
and immediately it's all the tides, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Dissites, and all these ites, and they're all afraid, and they're basically saying, listen, there is absolutely no ways that we can come up against all the ites and the Anakins and all of these people that are coming against us. And while they're busy in their negativity, while they're busy with all of this stuff going on, the Bible says in verse number 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. You see, it's so important that when there's negativity about the promises of God in your life, that you do exactly what Caleb did. He quieted them. You see, when Jesus wanted to perform miracles, sometimes the Bible says that he would put all of the people out of the room because they had no faith. They didn't believe. So he would only take the elite in with him to pray. He would take, like for example, he would take Peter and, and John into the room. And James sometimes, they would go into the room and he would leave everybody out outside. All the women that were mourning, that were mourning at Lazarus' death, Jesus just said, move them away. Move them out the way. And Caleb in this story, in this moment, with all the negativity about this promise, all the negativity about this inheritance, this land flowing with milk and honey, the first thing he does is he gets up and he quiets the people. He tells them, be quiet. Stop talking. Rubbish. I don't want to hear about your negativity. I don't want to hear about how we can't do it, how it's going to be too difficult, how it's impossible. Can you say Amen. That's exactly what's busy happening. And so he gets up and he quiets the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to, co to overcome it. You see, here's the thing is that they've been walking in the wilderness for all these years and they finally get to the banks of the promised land. They've heard that God has said that you will go to a land flowing with milk and honey. Once they get to the Jordan, the, the spies go over to look at the land. Joshua and Caleb are there. They also get to see what this land looks like. They come back. They begin to give the report. Joshua and Caleb are listening to the negativity. But what What's happening to them is all they can see is that that God had said would come to pass is right in front of us. That that God said we would be able to do is literally right there. And if God could bring us in the wilderness for all these years, provide for us with manna, feed us from a rock or give us water from a rock, he could bring the angels, could bring us food, whatever it was, all the provision, the supernatural. Listen, if God brought us here and there's a few Anakites and Aburites and Hittites and Mosquito Bites and whoever it is, God is able to overcome. He will get us through it. Listen, when God gives you a promise, if you begin to just get a little bit of a glimpse that maybe what he said is really true and maybe what he said is really possible, don't listen to all the Pharisees. Don't listen to all the negative Nancys. Don't listen to all those who say it is impossible for God because nothing is impossible for God. You see, they have a different spirit, the Bible says. They are different. They see different. The others see what's difficult. All they can see is the promises of God. God said that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. They can see it. And all they can think about is, listen, if God can show it to me, God can give it to me. You see, that's how it works. 
they, the, 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 the other spies saw it too. They came back and they said, it's, it's good. It is surely that that the Lord has said. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at the grapes. Look at the pomegranates. And, it, and we don't even hear about the nuts and all the other things. But then they go, but you know, and they put it down. You see, what negativity does is it takes your dream, your vision, your plan, whatever it is God has, and then puts it out of the way. When it's right in front of you sometimes. And all you have to do is see a little differently. All you have to do is dream a little bit bigger. All you have to do is believe God can do anything. Listen, if God can speak the world into existence, surely you can overcome that addiction. If God can speak and He can... He can part a sea. Surely every dream, every mountain, everything that he has for you is overcomable. I said to somebody the other day, they were a little discouraged because the miracle that they were waiting for hadn't quite happened yet the way that they expected. And oftentimes God will give us a word and we don't see the miracle the way we expect it. And I said to them, listen, what are the chances that God would give you a word like that? Nobody knew what you were going through. Nobody knew what you were dealing with. But God gave you a word. Now it doesn't look like the word has come to pass. But listen, God spoke. Take a hold of that word. Take a hold of that miracle. Take a hold of that promise. Begin to believe. Begin to see it. And God has come through in a most miraculous, most powerful, most incredible way. Because they took it. They didn't look at the negativity. They didn't listen to the voices. You'll find out that sometimes you can see your promise and you'll go for years without taking a hold of it. But the way that your attitude is towards what God has said will determine whether you will receive it or not. I have been, I've, been, <laughs> I've been doing ministry for a few years now. And I have seen the word of the Lord come into people's lives in the most powerful way. And then I've seen those that see it come to pass. And I've seen those that do not. Most of the ones who do not say that it was not a word of the Lord. But most of the time it is. In the presence of God, in the midst of of the house of the Lord where the prophecy is judged. And you just know God's in it. You know it's a word from the Lord. But because you haven't seen it come to pass over the last few years, now all of a sudden you don't believe it's God anymore. So you let it go. But I believe God is speaking very clearly this evening to many of you, to me, to all of us, saying, listen, that that I've said I would give you, that that I've said I will do, surely I will do it. So Caleb gets up, and all he can do is he, he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it that they are so afraid. He doesn't understand. Can't they see? Can't they see that God has given them this awesome land? He says in verse 31, 
But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able. Now, let's read verse number 30 again. Then Caleb quieted, verse number 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of, for we are well able to overcome it. And as soon as they start saying, listen, God is able, immediately the devil speaks. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. For the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Now watch this. For we saw the giants. You see, there's the giants, the descendants of Anak. You thought I was joking. Come from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Watch this. And so we were in their sight. And so you must understand that what happens is because of the negative report, because of the bad report, and suddenly the children of Israel actually begin to receive this report, see themselves as unable to fulfill the dream, unable to fulfill the word of the Lord that has been spoken over them. They see themselves as grasshoppers, so does the enemy, and so do the people, the children of Israel, also see them as grasshoppers. Are you guys okay? Let's go to Numbers 14, verse number 1. Numbers 14, verse number 1. And now there's a bit of a debate that takes place, and Moses tries to reason with them, but the children of Israel make up their mind. Numbers 14, verse number 1, it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us up to, the, to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Lun and Caleb the son of Jeph Jephunneh who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land, we, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. You must understand, there's a desperation in Joshua and Caleb. As the negativity begins to creep in, their miracle, their promise is about to be taken away from them because of their negativity. And there's a desperation that comes on Joshua and Caleb. So they tear their clothes out of absolute desperation and say, listen, don't listen to the negative report. Don't listen to the enemy who says you will not get what God said he would give you. Don't listen to the enemy. And they're crying out with desperation. But the children of Israel would not listen if the Lord delights in us then he will bring us into this land and give it to us a land which flows with milk and honey and then they say this watch only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land for they are our bread their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us do not fear them 
Joshua and Caleb have absolutely no doubt. They know for certain that God will deliver whatever they have to, to, to inherit the land that they've been given. Amen. And while they pleading with the children of Israel, the Bible says this, and all the congregation said to stone them with stones. That's what religion always does to revelation. They didn't want to hear it. It was too difficult. It was impossible that God would do something so miraculous as to deliver them out of what seemed impossible. So the only thing left to do was to keep them quiet and kill them. And as we know, God was not impressed with them, the children of Israel. And in Numbers 14, verse number 20, don't worry, my sermon hasn't begun yet, just relax. This is the background. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> then Joshua said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, this is God speaking, and have put me to the test now these 10 times, I've not heard and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers. When you become negative, when you don't believe that God can do what he said he would do, you will not inherit that promise. Nor shall any of those who reject me see it. Now watch this because this is important. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. Everybody say fully. I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. It's very interesting that in this little piece of scripture, in verse number 24, there is a promise given to Caleb because of his spirit, because of his faithfulness and commitment to God. And when everybody else was negative, when everybody else was like, there's no chance, there's no hope, Caleb said, listen, we are well able, we can do this thing. And when God basically brings judgment on them, he says, listen, they will not see it, but Joshua and Caleb, they will. And for Caleb, there is a promise I'm gonna give him. And he gives him this promise. But what we don't know, or what most people don't realize, is that the children of Israel go into the promised land, as we know. And as they go into the promised land, they begin to take cities and they begin to do the work of the Lord. But what happens to Caleb? What happens to him? Does he get exactly what he asked for? And does it come easily just because he had a good attitude? The answer is no. But God will answer his promise. Now watch this. Let's go in our Bibles to the book of Joshua. Now the sermon begins. I said all of that to say this. <laughs> Joshua 14 verse number 6. 
This is 45 years later. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the, sh- the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, so Joshua is in Gilgal, and Caleb comes to Joshua, and watch what he says to him. You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the men of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was, look at this, in my heart. So he tells him, listen, Joshua, do you remember the promise that God gave us? Do you remember when we went and spied out the land? And when I came back, I shared with the people everything that was in my heart. Because Joshua had come back and he'd never forgotten the word of the Lord to him. The promise that was given to Moses to him that he would receive a portion of this land. But it's now been 45 years that have passed and he is yet to inherit this promise. Yes, the children of Israel have begun to take ground, have begun to inherit what, they've, what they were promised. But Caleb had not yet seen the fullness of this promise yet. He says, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Now watch. But I wholly followed the Lord God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, surely the land where your foot has strewed shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive and, has, and he said these 45 years, so 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day 85 years old. Everybody say 85 years old. Say if you're 85, it's not too late. I just want you to kind of put it into real perspective right now. He was 40 years old when God gave him a word that was above the word that had been promised to the children of Israel. A special word was given to him. It's now 45 years later. He's 85 years old. And he goes to Joshua and he says, listen, there is something that is owed to me. There is something that God said he would give me. And I want you to know that I have served faithfully. For 45 years, I have served with my whole heart. The day that I came when I spied out the children, the land that God said he would give us, I came back with my whole heart. I've served him like that ever since. Now watch what he says. This is powerful. He says in verse 11, As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. That's impressive, I'm just saying. (laughs) Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength. Watch this. For war, both for going out and for coming in. Now watch. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord has spoken in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakin were there and that the cities were great and fortified it may be that the Lord will be with me oh oh 
I don't know why, but somebody better get excited. You see, he's, 40, he's now 85 years old. The children of Israel had still not gone to face the giants in Anakin, but he's 85 years old. And he's saying, listen, the word of the Lord is still with me. And I might be 85, but I'm still ready to do war. I'm still ready to go into battle. I'm still ready to take that land that God said would be mine. And I know that he'll deliver me. And I know that he'll give me that land. It's not too late. It's not over yet. If God gave you a word and you serve him with your whole heart and you go after that promise, he will see it through. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Give me this mountain of which the Lord has spoken that day. He says, listen, he doesn't say, listen, send an army with me so that I can, you know, God said I'm supposed to get it. I know it's going to be really early. It's going to be really easy. Just, you know, just send the army with me. Let me sit back. I'm 85 years old now. I can't do it anymore. No, that's not what he says. He says, listen, Joshua, I'm still as strong as I was when I was 40 years old. I'm still as passionate as I was. My heart is still for God the way it was when I was 40 years old. He says, listen, you know the descendants of Anak are in that place. Send me in there. Give me that land. The Lord will deliver me. The Lord will give it to me. I don't know if there's anybody in this place that God has given a word to. And maybe you thought that it wasn't possible. But I'm here to tell you this evening that if you take a hold of it, if you believe it, if you're willing to fight for it, God will still see it through. If there's anybody that believes it, give the Lord a shout and a clap in this place. Hallelujah. five-year-old man it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said and Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron gave Hebron to Caleb and the sons of Jephna as an inheritance and Joshua blessed him and gave and verse 14 says Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kizanite, to this day. Now watch. Because he wholly, everybody say holy, followed the Lord God of Israel. And you know, Pastor Alex, God said that I was going to do this, that I didn't see it happen. I didn't get it happen. It didn't happen, Pastor Alex. God said I was going to be a pastor, but I didn't go to Bible school because it just should happen on its own. If God said he was going to do something with you, what have you done about it? God spoke and it never happened. It wasn't from the Lord. Oh, no, it was. Open your ears, man, and do something with the promise. Fight for your promise. Don't give up on your promise. He decided, listen, I'm 85. It's about time, Lord. I've waited long enough, but I'm still ready to go in the same way that I was when I was 40 years old. I'm ready to take that land right now. I'm not afraid because I know you are with me.
some of us haven't seen the promise fulfilled in two or three years and we've given up. But Joshua, the Bible says he served the Lord with his whole heart. And that's why no matter what, God was going to see that word through. Many of us have been taught that if the word, if you get a word from God, a promise from God, it will definitely come to pass. It's not true. You have to do your part. God will give you the wind, but you have to hoist your own sail. Well, that boat ain't moving. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Oh, and by the way, the secret is to serve him with your whole heart. And don't listen to those who are negative. Oh, you know, that's an Old Testament story. Listen, he's still the same God. He is still the same God. There are promises he's given me that I have not yet seen come to pass that I will fight for every day of my life. I want to go beyond what I see and have heard even now because I know there's more. I know there's more for me in my house. I know there's more for this church. I know there's more for you. The only problem is what do you see concerning your life? Well, God said I would get over this addiction, but I haven't been able to do it. Well, if he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Serve him with your whole heart and fight for it. Believe him for it. Do everything you can for it and watch how he'll deliver you from it. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.